Morning. Welcome to Pesachim Dachavav, page 26. If you remember yesterday's staff, we were talking about the following case. Let's say somebody's walking down the street and he passes by a pagan temple. And outside of that temple, they're burning incense and the smells very good. And the person takes a whiff. They take a smell. Is this a problem? Because they're getting Hana benefit from idolatry, from an idolatrous thing. And uh, Abaya says, you know what? I have a proof that um, that I'm correct, that according to Rav Yehuda, if it's unavoidable but intended, which means, what does unavoidable but, but intended mean? It means there was no other way to go down this street. This is literally the only street you can go down in order to get where you need to go. But then you are mischaving, you intend to smell it. So in that situation, Rav Yehuda would say that it's permitted. And the proof is from a story of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, that when he was teaching the laws of Yantav, of the holidays, and you have lots of people gathered, and the only place that they could gather where they would be under shade is they would be under the shade of the heichal, of the, of the temple sanctuary itself, which was, which was 100 amos high. It was a very, very tall building, and it could provide shade. Now, in that case, it's, it's, it's EF, sure. It's impossible in any other way. Um, but at the end of the day, they're mischaving. They want to enjoy the shade. And yet we still say that it's permitted. The Gemara said, no, that shade is a little different because that shade was actually made for the people who are inside the sanctuary, not outside. So therefore, you're not actually misappropriating uh, that kind of benefit. Well, then Rabbah comes along and says, you know what? I have a support to my contention that according to Rabbi Yehuda, it would be forbidden if it was EF Shar, it was unavoidable, but it was mischaving. Why? In other words, in that case, we're the only street to walk down would be the one with the temple, but then you intend to enjoy the smell of the Ketoras. What was his proof? His proof was because when they needed to do temple repairs, they would lower the person down in a box so that the person would not have enjoyment from seeing the glory of the temple. Now, hold on one second. In that case, it's unavoidable. You have to go down to fix it. But it's mishaving. The person is going to enjoy the temple and we, the vision, and we still put the person in a box in order to prevent that from happening. So you see that it is actually forbidden. Once the Gemara does this, the Gemara jumps into a whole discussion here about whether or not, in fact, what, is, what kind of benefits are considered prohibited. So certainly eating something is more than benefit, it's eating. Um, and reach, smell, is also definitely considered a benefit, but the Gemara says that when you're dealing with coal and mara, when you're dealing with sound or sight, so if like you hear someone's music, even if you um, were made a, a, a vow that you wouldn't benefit from that person, listening to their music or their voice is not actually considered hanra, it's not considered benefit, and also seeing something, like seeing the temple is not, but smell actually is. And based on this, the Gemara has many, many discussions about, let's say, for instance, the Allah is somebody is, let's say, um, uh, there's a prohibition against making um, the incense, the same 11 spices and herbs that were mixed together to make the Ketoris and the Beis HaMikdash. If you would do this for personal purposes, this would be a kares bearing sin. However, if you smell it, then it's not necessarily going to be under the same uh, prohibition. And this has to do with the whole question about reach. In, the, in this context, Nimar has a very interesting idea that when it comes to smell, after something is nasis mitzvah, so after the procedure is over, it might not be a problem. And the Gemara gives different examples along this line. Um, for instance, the Trumas Hadeshan example, after you take, after you fulfill the idea of um, taking the ashes from the temple and then putting it down, it's already nasis mitzvah, so, but yet we still see that it's prohibited. And similarly with the big day kahuna, 
after the Kohen Gadol is done using the four special clothing vestments on Yom Kippur, it's very nasa mitzvaso, but we see that they are not allowed to be used, at least in one version. The Gemara rejects this and says, actually, the regular Kohen am I allowed to use it? It's only that you can't use it for the next year. You have to have new clothes. Another example of this idea of nasa mitzvaso is Egla Rufa, after the heifer that has been, you smashed its neck after you weren't sure the, the city that was closest to where a murder took place, um, there's also another idea along those lines. Um, in the Almond Days, we have a very interesting discussion about, let's say, uh, when it comes to um, the animal that's supposed to be the Egla Rufa, it has to be Asher Lo Avad Ba, it was not worked, and Lo Lo, oh, there was no yoke ever put on it. Well, let's say a bird would come and sit down on top of the animal. Is that considered work? And the answer is it's not work. What if a, another animal, a male animal, would come and mate with it? Is that considered work? And the Gemara says, that is work. Why? What's the difference? Either way, you didn't do it. So the Gemara introduces a very interesting idea called of Kriya and Ketiv, that it's written one way, Avad, that you didn't force, you didn't work the animal, but then it's read Uvad, in more in passive tense, and it teaches us that even if it's Uvad, if it's work, it's going to make it um, no longer fit for the parad, for the uh, Egla Rufa, but it has to be that the owner is happy with the result, just as if when the owner actually works it, and therefore, it would only include the case of the uh, mate, mating, but not the case of the bird uh, going on top of it. Um, the Gemara then goes on at the end of the daf and introduces the idea of zebizogorim. Let's say you have something which is forbidden, but there are two causes. One cause is permitted and one cause is prohibited and tries to figure out if that would make something prohibited or not. And this discussion continues on the Amun Beis, which on, on tomorrow's daf, which we will see for tomorrow. This concludes daf Kavvav.